Welcome to the Property Magic Podcast. My name is Simon Zucci, and in this podcast, I'm going to deep dive into the property investing strategies and investor mindset for my book, Property Magic. I will also share real estate investing hints, tips, and tricks, which I normally only share on my Property Mastermind Mentorship. Hello and welcome to episode number 143 of the Property Magic Podcast, in which I'm going to share with you how you can decide if you should do a property deal or not. You see, I believe if you find a really good property deal, you need to move quickly. Otherwise, there's a good chance someone else will come in and snatch that deal before you decide to take action. So I want to share with you how you can quickly assess a property to work out if you should move forward. Now, this comes about because last week we had one of our mastermind workshops and one of our delegates, Peter, came up to me and he said, look, I've got a couple of deals I want to talk about. So we did a group deal analysis so everyone could learn from the experience. And he shared that he had three potential deals. One was what he called a bronze deal, where the deal was already agreed, but he wasn't so sure if he should do it or not. The other one was a silver deal. And the most impressive one was a gold deal, which he felt was very, very profitable, but it was quite complicated. So we started talking about the gold deal first of all. And whenever I look at a property, one of the first things I want to do is work out, well, does this property actually make us cash flow? And what's the return on investment? Now, this particular deal was a big block of flats. In fact, there was a number of freehold apartments within a block and it was the opportunity to buy the freehold as well as these leasehold apartments and so it's a bit complicated but once we got our heads around it uh, we worked out that yes it was actually potentially a pretty good deal Uh, theoretically subject to a bit of confirmation on a few details Peter will be able to buy it using very little of his own money he'll be able to refinance and get this property for very little money down which was a good deal and so there were a few questions that Peter needs to go and check out and do further research on. And I said to him, because we had a little bit of time, I said, well, what about this bronze deal that you said to already agreed, but you're not so sure about it? So Peter started to explain about the property project. And as always, we understood, well, why is this person selling? And then we understand, OK, well, what's the investment required? What's the cash flow generated? And what's the return on investment? And it turns out that this property was a pretty good deal that was going to give about a 14% return on investment. Now, Peter confirmed that the deal was already agreed and he was able to buy it if he wanted to. And I said to him, Peter, what kind of return are you looking for? And he said, well, I'd like to get a, you know, a 15% return if possible. And I said, well, this is a 14% return. It's pretty close to that. Do you think this is a good deal? And Peter said, yeah, but what if a better deal comes along? And this is a problem I see all the time where people who are finding good deals, but they're sometimes worried about the money they have to invest. They say, well, what happens if I use up all that money on this deal and then a better deal comes along? Well, here's my very simple answer that I want you to think about. If you find a good deal and you can do it because you've got the funds and it meets all your personal requirements, I believe you should just do the deal. Don't worry about what might or might not come along. Because if a better deal does come along, better in terms of a better cash flow, higher return on investment, you may have used up all of your money. But if it's a better deal, you might well be able to get someone else to fund the deal for you. Now, why would someone do that? 
well, obviously, they're going to make a good return on their investment as well. And if it's a better deal, there's more profit for you to give some profit to them and also some profit to you. It's a problem I've seen all the time that people who've got money are sometimes cautious and holding on to it, obviously wanting to make the best use of it. And it's very different from the problem that people have who have no money or have run out of their own money and they have to start using other people's cash to fund their deals. Now, if we think about what's happening in the world at the moment, all around the world, we have very high inflation and the central banks are slowly starting to raise their interest rates. But still, the income you make in a bank is very, very low compared to inflation rates. And what that means is anybody who's got money in the bank is losing money hand over fist every day, every week, every month, every year. And so there's never been a better time to use other people's money. Now, we recently did one of my property magic challenges, and I was asking people on that, what are some of the the challenges stopping you moving forward? And for some people, it was great to see that once they'd been through the challenge, they said, well, actually, there's, there's nothing stopping me. You've helped me in this challenge to overcome so many of these issues that there's no reason why I can't go forward and do it, which is great to hear. And some are saying, well, this has been really valuable, but actually it's fear. It's fear about making mistakes. It's fear about doing the wrong thing. Some people said, I need to get more knowledge. And let me let you into a little secret here. And this might sound strange from someone who who actually trains people. I get paid to train people. But many people out there, they already have enough knowledge. And if you've been on lots of courses Maybe you don't need to go on another course. Maybe you have enough knowledge. You just have to believe in yourself. You have to trust yourself. You have to implement the training you've been given. And hopefully it's good training. Hopefully what you've been taught is correct. And if you trust the process and just keep doing it and don't give up, then you will get results. One of the problems I see in today's society is very often people are they, they're impatient. They want to get results straight away. And if they don't get results straight away, they think, oh, that doesn't work. And they don't realize that, you know, things take time. Um, sometimes you might be lucky. Let's say you do land all letters, which is a great strategy, by the way. Um, there was a lady who said she was a bit disappointed. She hadn't had a good response for her land all letters. And so she hadn't bothered to send out a second letter. Well, the point is that many people might not have got the first letter or maybe they did get it and they're just not interested now, but doesn't mean they're not going to be interested in the future. Or maybe someone got the letter, they're interested, they put it on their to-do pile, but they just haven't got around to calling you yet because guess what? They're busy. And that second, that third letter is a memory prompt to them to get to say, oh yeah, I really must call this person about the deal. But if you don't send that second, third letter, then actually you're not really trusting the process and giving it a proper chance to get the results you should get from it. So it's about following the training carefully, taking action, keep going and don't give up. Now, I saw a very interesting video recently uh, on YouTube and someone was saying that uh, someone, a company had just been fined a huge amount of money, something like £80,000, for sending a letter to a seller. And the seller had got the hump and complained to trading standards. And um, this person had been fined £80,000. 
And as a result of that, people say, oh, I don't think we could do land or letters. People have been fined. And, and again, you've got to be very careful to get the facts and the information. So this was a company that was uh, sending a letter to someone, an individual, so a consumer who was selling their house. Um, and they didn't put on the letter that it was an advertisement. Um, and this owner, who obviously hasn't got much to do, uh, complained about this. And interestingly, the company that was fined 80000 the owner didn't get any of that. It all went to the Trading Standards Board or whoever it was. And they were obviously trying to make an example. When we send out landlord letters, it's slightly different because we're not sending letters to a consumer. We're sending letters to a business owner about their property business. So first of all, they're not covered by GDPR because it's a, a business, not an individual. And even if they were an individual, you're allowed to write to someone or contact them about something that's sort of interest to them if they are an interested party. And think about this for a minute. What does a, what does a landlord do? Well, they make money by renting out property and occasionally they sell property. So we're not marketing to landlords. We're contacting landlords to say, I would like to become a customer. I would like to rent your property from you on a guaranteed rent, or I would might like to buy your property if you're interested in selling it. So not only is it a business, they're also directly relevant and interested in what we're talking about. Now, of course, only 5% of landlords might be motivated enough to want to do a deal with us. Many landlords are very happy. They're making lots of money, very content. But I think as more and more um, pressure is put on people because of ra rising interest rates and increasing legislation, such as the requirements by 2025 for all properties that are rented out to have an EPC at level C or above, there are going to be lots of landlords who have made good money over the years. They've had great capital growth, but they're starting to think, you know, I'm not sure if property is such a good thing now. Maybe I need to get out and get into something else. I'm going to see more and more landlords looking to sell their properties. So there are going to be more and more deals coming to the market. And there is a really good underlying demand in the UK, but I'm not sure if there's going to be an oversupply maybe with all this landlord property coming to the market, which might mean there's going to be a little bit of a drop in prices. Now, the point is, if lots of people are putting property on the market, you really need to know if something is a good deal for you or not. So it's very important to get clear on your criteria. What kind of cash flow do you want? What kind of return on investment do you need? So whenever a property comes up, you can very quickly, literally on the back of an envelope, work out the cash flow, the ROI, does this meet my criteria or not? And if it does, great, it's a potential deal. I'm going to do some more extensive due diligence, check the local demand for rental in the area, see if I can add value to the property, all the things we normally talk about. And if it doesn't meet my requirements, well, I'm not going to spend much more time on it. So we should very quickly be able to come to this deal or no deal decision and then move on to the next one. The other thing, just to remind you, obviously, when you make offers to sellers, we don't want to get them to accept the offer. If someone accepts our offer, it means we've paid too much. So actually, we want them to reject the offer. And then we go back to them to say, OK, that didn't work for you. What would work for you? And then we get a better idea of where they are. And hopefully, we can negotiate and maybe come up with a price that works for everyone involved. But hey, if we can't get a price that works for us, we don't have to buy the property. Remember, not to become a motivated buyer. A lot of people, especially when they do training, they want to get out there and get a property. And I understand that enthusiasm, but it's not a race. You need to do it at your own pace. 
and make sure they're only buying really good properties. And so that's why it's important to understand your criteria and act very quickly, be decisive when a great property comes up. And don't worry about tying up your money and not being able to do other deals, as I said earlier, because if there are better deals, you'll be able to fund those with other people's money. So those are just some of my thoughts about is it a deal or is it not a deal? I hope that helps. I look forward to seeing you or listening to the next episode of the Property Magic Podcast. Until next time, remember to always invest with knowledge, invest with skill. Thanks for listening to the Property Magic Podcast. To get this week's show notes, please visit www propertymagicbook.co.uk forward slash podcast. You can contact me via LinkedIn. You can follow me on social media and I highly recommend you subscribe to my YouTube channel to watch loads of valuable property trading for free. All of the details are available in the show notes. Until next time, invest with knowledge, invest with skill.